Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've all seen the headlines. We've all seen the headlines or the start of a story. All we have to do is turn on the news, pick up the newspaper, get on any of the social media sites, and you'll see it. A 12-year-old girl has died. It's the sort of thing that you can't run away from. It's the kind of thing that you never wish you'd see or hear about. But it happens in our society all too often. It happens so much so, and we don't know what the causes are, what made it happen. There's some things that will come out in the newspaper about what happened. Some things never will. Some are on the media, and some of this kind of news never gets anywhere because it's, it's in a quiet home. There's always a story behind a story, and it's never good news. But you know, Jesus himself faced this news. He received this news. You know, we're doing a healing brokenness series. The first one started with a young boy who could not speak, but he could hear and see. And he had this infirmity that Jesus healed. It cast him down, sometimes in the water, sometimes in the fire. And his brokenness was healed when he went to Jesus. There was also a man who was out of his mind. And this man that was out of his mind was in a different country, in a different territory. He was in the area of the Gadareans. And it was not a Jewish area. And Jesus had left a Jewish area, and he got in a boat. He left the 99 and got in a boat and drove through a storm that he ended up calming the storm. And he made it to this man who was demon-possessed. The chains couldn't hold him. He lived in the tombs. He was naked. He yelled and screamed at night. He was in torment. And when he saw Jesus like the prodigal son and the prodigal son's father, when they saw Jesus a way off, he ran to Jesus. His chains were broken. He was, his mind was made right. And he was a healed person. Jesus came to him and broke the chains that bound him. And today, a 12-year-old girl, Jesus faced that news. You see, brokenness comes in many shapes and sizes and colors. It comes in many times and places. And for so many reasons, we just don't know what can cause something like this to happen or brokenness in general. Because brokenness does not discriminate. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Jesus had been in the Decapolis area, in the area of the Gadareans. He had been on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. After this one man, who he healed, and let him stay there so that everybody could see that he was healed. And he traveled back across the Sea of Galilee and arrived back in Capernaum or somewhere on the north 
western coast of the Sea of Galilee. And they were all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, he came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Who would not plead for their children? We all would. Who is not still pleading for the children despite what age they are? I know my mother pleaded for me until the day she died. Who wouldn't go and do anything that they could do to get brokenness healed? And so this man, Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, a Jewish ruler, he humbled himself and came to Jesus, who the Jews and the Jewish rulers despised. And he came to him for healing. Maybe he had seen Jesus healing. Maybe even in the synagogue he had seen Jesus teaching. And he thought, gosh, my daughter's sick. She's about to die. I've tried everything I can do. I've done everything that I can put my hands on. I don't know what else to do. You see, sometimes it takes us to get into that position where we'd have no other choice. We got no other way. We've tried everything we can try. Sometimes it takes us that much to realize, man, we better go to God with this. We better seek out Jesus for this. And he's there waiting. He's there waiting. And so Jairus comes and he's, he's there talking to Jesus. Hey, my, my daughter, please come to my house. My daughter, is, she's sick. She's about to die. And right in the middle of that, there's this large crowd around him. And this woman with an issue of blood comes up and touches his garment. And, and she touches his garment because for 12 years she has had an issue of blood. A GYN issue that, according to Jewish law, made her unclean. And so here's the rabbi, Jesus, the teacher, and he's there. And the ruler of the synagogue is coming. Jesus says, yeah, and Jesus, please. And this woman comes and touches his garment. And it says her bleeding is immediately healed. And she's been bleeding for 12 years. And Jesus said, who touched me? Who? Whoa. I just felt some power go out of me. And Jairus is saying, come on, man. My daughter's sick. Come on. I, I mean, it's like when you get in line and somebody ahead of you starts talking to the person at McDonald's. Chitter chatter. Hey, come on. I got to get to church. I need my coffee. And they get into some social conversation, even in the drive through you can see what they're doing. It's like, come on. So if you're that urgent for a cup of coffee, guilty, think about your child. Come on. And so Jesus goes back and forth with the disciples and the people that are there, and he identifies this woman as having the issue of blood who was unclean for 12 years. And she was healed. And then he turns back to Jairus 
and the issue. This is recorded in Luke 8, 49. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, he was speaking to this group of people about this woman that had this issue of blood. Someone, and I put in, it's not in Scripture, but someone, an eyewitness. I'll tell you, there's nothing like an eyewitness. You can hear it on Instagram and TikTok. You can read it in the newspaper. You can hear it from one of your friends, but there's something about an eyewitness that really solidifies things. Wait a second, I saw it with my own eyes. An eyewitness came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. And here's what he said. Amongst the crowd, he goes to Jesus. Uh, uh, This man from the house goes to Jairus. And so Jairus turns and listens to him, and he says, your daughter's dead. Your daughter is dead. Now I'm a man with three daughters. I would never, ever want to hear that. And he says, don't bother the teacher anymore. So a 12-year-old girl has died. Jesus has got a decision to make. And I want you to know that we have a decision to make. And hopefully, we'll make it like Jesus did. Listen to this in Proverbs 18, 17. The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. It's the first word. It's the first word you get. And in Luke 8.50, Jesus continues with this conversation. He says, hearing this, which is hearing that the person said, hey, your daughter's dead. Quit bothering the teacher. Jesus turned to Jairus. Now, I want you to know that he didn't turn to the crowd. He turned to Jairus. And and I want you to know that he is going to turn to me and to you individually to settle up things with us. He's going to speak to us one-on-one, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit. Can you hear him? He says to Jairus, a father who just heard the news from an eyewitness that he knows at his house, your daughter's dead. Don't, Don't bother the teacher. Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe, and she'll be healed. So who do you believe? Jesus. Yeah. You see, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Your daughter, she will be healed. Let me tell you something about a first word. The first word is not the last word with Jesus. The first word from man is not the last word with Jesus. The man may come, human may come, flesh may come and say, they're dead. But that's not the last word. They came to Jesus and said, hey, Lazarus, he's dead. He's dead. That's what they said. But Jesus walked up and said, 
roll back the stone. The first word is not the last word with Jesus. Jesus gets the last word. And if we don't believe that, then we lose all hope. When Jesus arrived at the house of Jairus, he didn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and mother. We could do a teaching on that. We're not going to. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. They got their wailing going, and Jesus was on the way. They were crying and screaming. You've all seen it. You've been somewhere where people are just going crazy. But Jesus is on the way. And he's on the way for you and I. As our parents have screamed, I can't believe it. I hope they make it. I just hope they give their life to Christ. I can't believe they're living like this. Despite how we're living, Jesus Christ is on the way. He's waiting. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. And he said this. Stop wailing. She's not dead but asleep. The Bible compares death and sleep throughout the scriptures. I mean, it's like, think about it this way. When you go to sleep at night, and if you get a good night's sleep and you dream, and you have these great dreams, you go places, and maybe the dreams aren't so good, but you go places, and then you wake up. Where'd I go? Where have I been? You see, death is like the first cousin to sleep. But with sleep, this sleep here does not end in death. They laughed at him knowing she was dead. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter what they believe in your healing. It only matters what you believe. Everybody else can say you're not going to get it. It's not for you. That stuff in you, it's not going to work. You're dead. You're sick. You're addicted. You're crazy. You're never going to amount to anything. Guess what? Doesn't matter what they say. And it doesn't matter what they believe. It matters what you believe. The math teacher that told me I would never be able to do math. I believed her too long. I don't believe her anymore. Yeah. But he took this girl by the hand and he said, my child, get up. And her spirit returned and at once she stood up. And Jesus wanted to give her something to eat to further prove that she was alive. Romans 4.17 says this, God gives life to the dead. And he calls those things which do not exist as if they did. That's our hope for today. It says the parents were astonished. And something else, a small habit trail, is the name Jairus. Here's what it means. Whom God enlightens. He will awaken. Let me say something. God 
wants to enlighten you about his power, about his love. God wants to enlighten you about the ability for you to work for, with, and in him. He wants you to be enlightened of the power that he has for your life to face daily troubles and issues to heal the sick. Yeah, the first step is to getting your healing is, is going to Jesus. And if you have not done that, you're going to believe what man says. I'll never amount to anything. Let me tell you. Jesus gave his life for you. And if you don't go to Jesus, your brokenness will never, ever be healed. You'll just carry it with you forever. Psalm 34, 18 says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. This series has been about healing brokenness. About you getting healing from brokenness. And each message has talked about going to God. Picking something that's broken in your life and saying, I want to focus on this this week. I asked you last week, just find one thing and spend two minutes a day, 14 minutes a week. And fervently, two minutes, go to God with what was broken in your life. Today, what I want you to do is this. We're going to have communion. And, and as we have communion, what we're going to do is we're going to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's symbolic. But what it represents, and I want you to think about this in the sphere of brokenness. What it represents is when the people of Egypt had the people of Israel captive. The night of the first Passover. They got the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel. They brought in a lamb to live in their house with them. A pure spotless lamb. And sacrificed that lamb. And ate it. And that night, the death angel passed over those that believed. You see, Pharaoh didn't believe. Doesn't matter what they think. Doesn't matter what they believe. It matters what you believe. Yes. And that first night, as the death angel passed over, the people who had communion, their brokenness, was healed. They left there. None were lame. None were halt. On their journey, their clothes didn't wear out. God's got wholeness for you. Let's pray, and then we're going to have communion. Dear Lord, I thank you today for this 12-year-old girl. Father, thank you that she and her father can demonstrate 
that your word is the last word. And Father, today I pray for those who do not know you, for those who have a yearning to learn about you, for those that have never said yes and they've been broken. Father, I ask that you would quicken them today. You would convince them that the only way to their total healing and restoration is to and through you. Speak that right now, God, into those that are here and listening and watching. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. Now, what we're going to do is have, have this passed out. We're going to hold it until the end. Yeah. And so that fast, that first Passover... to the time in the upper room before Jesus was going to go on the cross for us so that we could wear, as Pastor Brian talked about this morning, we could wear the breastplate of righteousness because he gave it to us. It's ours. Do you know the Lord today? He cares for you. On the very night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, And he gave thanks and he said, this is my body of the new covenant, the new promise. Take, eat. Like ours, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. It's the same blood that was put on the doorposts and the little. It's the same blood that leaked out on the cross and dripped on the ground. Take, drink. Dear God, I thank you today for the ordinance of communion. I thank you that we can celebrate this. And Father, I ask today those that are broken to set the captives free. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. This is Pastor Louis. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.